sure that everything's recording. Uh, you know, we'll just do a quick little check, check. Hello, everybody. Internet, internet. <laughs> Howdy. Hello. I think, I think we're, I think everything's making noise. Yeah. I think we're good. I, I think, think so. Yeah. I think we're pretty good. Awesome. And, uh, okay. All right. Okay. Did I put my drinks in? <laughs> <laughs> it was here a second ago. And you it was. Is it over there? No. So, we have a, the case of the missing drink. Oh, no. <laughs> I swear I just had it, too. It's weird. Okay. This is the first time I've had to help a guest. <laughs> Did you stand up? No, I didn't. Is it, is it maybe? Uh, oh, yeah, it is. There it is. <laughs> it's, it ran away from it's me. Clear. <laughs> it's like invisible. Okay. We found the hidden water. Uh, wow. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourself at home and as always... There's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friends. Right. We have Cheers. a medley of waters. <laughs> and I do apologize in advance for my my calmer demeanor on this intro today. I am not sick. I'm just feeling a little chill. And I got four shows in the next four days. So I'm trying to keep my voice chilled the F out. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to be blown it out yelling on a podcast. Good idea. Plus, it's the middle of the day. The weather's nice. We were talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, just Beautiful. keep it chill. Just keep it chill. Right. How you two doing? Doing well. How chill. are you? Killer. I'm killer. <laughs> For those of you out there in the internet land, I'm sitting here today with my buddies, Brian and Connor of the band Frame and Mental. Make some noise for the internet. <laughs> For those of you not in the know, Frame and Mantle is a insert genre that you want to describe yourselves as we 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 kind of shied away from from saying something specific but i keep seeing this thing that people use post emo and i like that because like that's a huge influence for me like all those early 2000s like emo rock bands yeah totally yeah um kind of an amalgamation of post rock indie rock second wave emo um yeah just uh, i feel like it's it's so funny because with uh we'll take like rap or hip-hop for example Mm -hmm. like rap and hip-hop has always been it's always like oh this is rap and it sounds completely different than what rap was 10 years ago and you know when you're not listening to rap yeah but everybody still calls it rap but uh rock kind of got into this weird thing where it just keeps getting divided by subgenres and all these different categories because it's like i listen to your music and i'm like oh you know they're a really cool rock band a cool indie rock band you know, but you, it's like, that's not good enough to explain things when you're talking or promoting the rock music to people. You got to be like, no, post emo, you got to be very hyper specific, but you don't have to do that with rap, which is really weird. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's just cause it's in the public consciousness yeah, and yeah. people are just more willing to be like, yeah, this is the sound of rap today. I mean, yeah. I guess there's rap. like SoundCloud rap and like 
indie rap and lo-fi. Yeah, I guess there's all. I don't know. It's I, all I, I just had a thought, and I'm just throwing it out there into the world. But y'all are here because you have a new album that just came out. That's right. On the That's 14th, right. today is the 16th. That album is called Lost Under Nighttime Sky. What can you tell me about this fucking record? A lot. There's a lot we can. <laughs> it tell seems you like there's a record. lot of work that went into it. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. A lot of the work was already done before I even came onto the scene with this band. Uh, they right. had like the whole the whole album minus like one song already written and like demos recorded and stuff and uh without I, any lyrics or vocals right it was all instrumental how long had you been um, working on it before connor joined so um it's funny because there are versions of songs that are on the the record that we started writing in like 2015 okay so uh, i guess uh there have been like three ish writing sessions for this album too like Going into it, there was like a phase in 2015 where um, the band wrote a few songs. And then another one in 2016, after we released our EP, we kind of had some some demos and song ideas that we were fleshing out on the road. And then we took a, about a year off. Uh, we were living in Erie. Our band was from Erie originally. Yeah. Um, and the band, the majority of the band had moved down to Pittsburgh by 2016. And we had taken a year off. Um, and then writing picked up again in 2017 when our drummer moved down. My brother, Mark, um, yeah, he was Mark. living in Erie um, <laughs> still after he graduated college in 2016 and had just gotten a job right out of college. So he stayed up in Erie for a year to like make some money, yeah. and get his, you know, footing so, so he could move down to Pittsburgh and I'm guessing be in financial shape. I'm guessing like everybody in the bands would be in their like early to mid 20s at this point. That was yeah in 20, or, or 2014 then. is when yeah. the band started. Well, at this and, point, yeah, because that's yeah. a that's a very complicated time, I think, to be trying oh, to do anything because sure. there's so much shit that's yeah. changing. You know, fucking if you're in school, if you're moving, jobs, all these things, trying to play in a fucking band is <laughs> a fucking nightmare. If right. you're trying to like keep your life together outside of the band, yeah, I just graduated um, from college in 2013. Congratulations! And <laughs> what, it was a time. What did you sure, become when you grew ago. up? <laughs> um, I make maps for Uber. Whoa! Right now, so okay, the driverless cars. Um, That's pretty intense. So, Tight. Yeah, it's it's cool. You know, I yeah. like my job. <laughs> I work with really cool people and it's uh never saw myself doing this obviously my first job out of college i was working for an electric company doing mapping and uh a lot of field staking so i'd go out in the field and like gps point like where electric poles would be on okay. the field that was a big part of my job there so and it was um it was like a half hour south of erie is where i used to work Okay. On the fields and the cornfields or whatever <laughs> they're growing out there and well, that, i guess that makes so, sense yeah. like you know now you're in Pittsburgh, so it's like, hey, Uber, mm -hmm. Erie, I guess, fields, <laughs> water. <laughs> yeah, water. <laughs> Connor, what were you up to prior to coming into Frame and Mantle? Uh, prior to this, I had been in a band called Rotations for a while with Liam, who is also in this band. He's, okay. he's a, another guitarist. Uh, he's overseas in guitar with Air Force Reserves right now. Um, but so... Rotations broke up in, I want to say, 2017. Maybe, no, it was like just after New Year's Day on 2018. Mm. And uh, eventually, a couple months later, when he was getting back into music stuff, he messaged me. He was like, hey, this band, Frame and Mantle, 
Uh, we used to play with them before you were in rotations, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, like the That's weird little web. Yeah. yeah, he was filling in for our friends' band Mallory Run. They're from Erie too, Edinburgh. They yeah. always like to rep Edinburgh, but um, yeah, <laughs> but he was so, filling yeah. in for them. So Liam, Liam told me that you guys were looking for a singer, and I was like, well, I mean, sure, I'd love to be in that in a band again. And I, I met them, met up with them, and uh, you know started coming up with lyrics for songs that they'd already had recorded and just kind of went from there. That must be nice to just be like, here, here's a it was, hot potato. Honestly, <laughs> it, it's the best part about it. Cause like Brian and Mark and the, the bassist Brad, um, they're just very talented musicians. And they're also like, they've been friends since high school and you know, been friends before with my that brother. <laughs> yeah. Just I since mean, high school. <laughs> you chose to be friends with them at some point. I know what that's like. Can't choose your family. <laughs> no, he's cool. But um, awesome. they're very talented and they know each other well, so that makes them a really tight group to play music with. And uh them having these songs that are already mostly fleshed out. Yeah, it was like a little it, not not even hot potato. I didn't want to give it to anyone else. Yeah. I was like, this is a lovely package. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity to to flex my own creative muscles. Cool. So once you got into the band, how long did it take to get the songs written and get this album put together? What was like the like the end part of the writing process and recording like for you guys? The same thing, I think. It was only a matter of six months between you joining and us entering the studio, I think. And you, um, you were on pace with like two songs a month or so like yeah i mean locally. i definitely wrapped up some of the lyrics like with a week of recording yeah. but it <laughs> it went well um yeah and um we recorded with matt very yeah um and he definitely helped like pinpoint areas of this the songs like vocally to kind of develop a little more um I mean, flesh was, out a little more and also like kind of build on like a lot of harmonies and stuff that we didn't even come into the studio really knowing that I've tracked a lot we, of vocals with Matt Very. We he could be a real that. motherfucker. It's good. <laughs> it's good though. It's good to have somebody that it's, cares. Yeah, I'd have never would have put myself It's good to have someone that. who will say, yeah. "No, do that over again." Absolutely, because he yeah. knows you could do better. Absolutely. Um, and we had a. Well, I was gonna say, it, it was like our album was the sheet we held up, and he kind of like poked in the holes and was like, "We need to patch this and this and this," but. It was a beautiful quilt when we were done. Yeah. Yeah. We saw your face in the hallway a bunch too. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, my face is in the hallway. That's funny. (laughs) So I'm glad that you did track it with Matt Vary because I think that, you know, the style of music that he works best in really suits what you do really, really well. So when it came to recording in, you know, aside from, you know, vocal and lyric changes, what were some of the things that maybe changed musically in the recording process that you weren't expecting? Whether it be something with songwriting specifically or maybe just something about just like approaches to like playing and things like that. You spent a lot more time with him than I did. Yeah, I um I recorded all the guitars for this album. Um and it was mostly a lot of fine tuning things. We had like six different amp setups for the whole album um and i think there's a minimum of four amps on a song (laughs) so we're going through just dialing in little things as we go and like swapping out pedals here and there and trying different little i don't know uh tone 
changes and effects that I didn't really know. I think the biggest like change effects wise was uh there's a song called The Hourglass, mm-hmm. track six. Um and there's like a, a bridge section that's kind of like ambient, hypnotic, dreamy. Um going into it, I didn't really have any effects on it. Uh it was just like a clean guitar with like a like a bass loop kind of thing. And jangly. Yeah, Connor's singing over it. Um so we really layered the effects on deep with that one, a lot of tremolo, a lot of um like hall reverb and yeah. It was it was just a lot of fun trying to pinpoint what the part needed because going into it i was just like this one's kind of i don't know i don't know what this one needs so it was it was that was the most fun i had i think mm-hmm. with there's experimenting there, there's just sometimes where like as much as i like to be an advocate for saying like you know you got to have that song 110 percent done before you even think about going to the studio mm-hmm. there's just some things that you cannot work out in a practice space it's oh, impossible yeah. because you don't have six amps set up at all given times <laughs> and you don't have this like wide array well some people might have a wide array of expensive guitar pedals that just play around with but not everybody does oh, right, so it's yeah. really cool to be able to take that extra time in the studio with somebody who's willing to take that extra time with you to like you know craft something even better than what it came in as. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, that was yeah. I would say really cool. the other part that we kind of played with and didn't have any expectations going in was um, the horns. So we that was like whenever Brian told me that they saw themselves as like post rock, I I kind of got that idea to like use a horn that is like not ska. Yeah, is that a genre? Not ska. <laughs> um, but post emo slash not ska yeah <laughs> we we ended up using uh brad's uh trombone too and i didn't mm-hmm. expect that i've never really played a trombone but i played a couple trombone parts on some of the tracks right, okay yeah yeah we were um we were doing a little bit of the horn stuff on our ep um more for like right it was like the intro song and like the last song kind of like the the end part of the last song there was like a fade out like a long uh la fade out just like with the trumpet part um but we wanted to make this more of a melodically because the ep was more like a post-rocky like, like there's a spoken word song yeah there's like you know kind of like a listener a lot of spudish kind of song on that too that was more of us kind of seeing like what we wanted to do like the ep was more just like trying to figure it out yeah. and then um yeah, with this one, we were like, we wanted to be more vocally driven. So going into the writing process, my main thing was to just uh, give the songs space and um, allow there to be like, not necessarily verse chorus parts, but like parts where vocals could fit and also be kind of like, I don't know, hooks for vocals mm-hmm. and stuff can fit on top of the 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 songs and the arrangements. I think that's really, I mean, that's really intelligent and super thoughtful of you mr guitar player (laughs) because i've played in a good handful of bands with guitar players that don't always understand that that yeah no i am yeah like the ep like we didn't give that thought at all like we we just wanted to be like an instrumental band with periodic vocals because bands that we really were trying to emulate were kind of like explosions in the sky or even like a band like and so I will watch you from afar that have like periodic, yeah. you know, vocals that here and there. That band is so sick. Yeah, right? They're such a good live band, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw them at, uh, 
I saw them at Audio Tree Fest 2015. I was like front row. Oh, cool. Um, Rory, the guitarist, was like right in my face with that fucking telly, just like, I think his guitar was like <laughs> three feet from my face. And I think there's a video of their set, Audio Tree put up, and it's me and my friend, Mike Iverson, who's in the band Flower Crown, just like up front, like jamming out so hard, like watching them. <laughs> I'm, just the happy that, I'm just happy that you finally mentioned a band that I've heard of. Uh, <laughs> crown I've heard of but no it's cool because I mean you were talking about a lot of eerie bands that's like the area where yeah, the band yeah. started from so I imagine there's probably a whole plethora of bands from that area around that way that maybe don't make it down here that often and I just have no idea about it's crazy like how big of a world just exists like a couple hours north or if you go west or east anywhere there's so many fucking bands oh for sure yeah um when when Freddie Mantle was starting out uh, a couple of the bands that we used to play with a lot were uh, Barlow. Barlow is down here now. Yeah, I, I know. Um, yeah, I know that name. A lot of them have moved down to Pittsburgh. Also, Wave Trails. Um, they're like a psychedelic kind of like super punk, like like freakouts, like psychedelic sure, freakouts. Sure. They're awesome. I love them, and they're all like really good friends. Like Mark went to college with a couple of the guys in that band, and that's how we met. And, um, but yeah, what were you gonna say, Connor? I totally don't forget remember. now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah also, oh, I was yeah. going to say that Richie was in. Richie he's from in Flower, Flower Crown. Crown. Yeah. Okay. He, he's the guy that I replaced as the vocalist. Gotcha. Richie was our vocalist uh, from 2014 until about 2018 when he decided to focus on Flower Crown. Gotcha. So cool. And we also uh, the frame metal lineup, like the rhythm section, like Brad and Mark are working with his band Myers. They're like a stoner metal. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Myers. Band. Yeah. He's got a got a lot of hats. Yeah, and he hats. was also doing Frame of Mantle, like helping us write some of the songs for this album too at I, the time. I always um, so he was in like three bands at once, and I, always, I was like, "How are you doing this?" I always, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I I I shouldn't really talk because I'm technically oh, well, I'm in two bands, but I have uh -huh. a, a new project that um I, I shouldn't be talking about, but ooh, or. Yeah. Anyways, a new project that I'm working on behind the scenes. Right, right. So technically I am in three musical projects right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I always joke about how, uh, things would be a lot easier if we all were just in one band. Cause we're just, like, <laughs> we're like, uh, well, I don't know how to put it. We're like bottlenecking ourselves when it comes to like opportunity. But maybe not. Sure, yeah. Oh, it's like, like not it's not like the best way to think of it. It's just kind of funny to think about how it's like, you know, uh there's only so many venues, only so many spots for bands on shows. And we, and we, we all need to have three different bands. It's chaos. Certain <laughs> genres it's, that it's just do better than others. It's just chaos. But also, yeah, like conflicts with schedules. Like uh -huh. maybe your one band is playing this one night and then there's like an opportunity to play a show with this other band that your other band could fit in with and you're just like, ah, well, I already booked this other show. Yeah. And but no, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> I just think it just boils down to people being really passionate about wanting to play and people oh, maybe sure. wanting to do, you know, different styles of things that don't quite fit together. You know, like mm -hmm. I like ranch dressing. I like ice cream. I don't wanna, I'm not gonna put them in a bowl together. Someone call Millie's. They they'll, uh, they'll do it. Shout outs to Millie's. Millie's is that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work like I love a block away from the downtown one, and it's it's tough not to go like get a taste every day. Okay, what's your adult life like? I so I'm 30 now. I just turned 30 this year. It's uh, congrats. 
Yeah, it's weird because I still feel like I'm you know mid twenties, and I'm definitely not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look like you're twenty four. <laughs> I appreciate. I How know, old do you yeah, think I, I am? You're older than me. Uh, so. I would say no older than thirty two. Thirty three. Ah, oh, dang, that was wrong. Going to be thirty four <laughs> next month. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Nice. All right. How old are you, Brian? I'm 28. Okay, cool. Yep. Wow, you both are young bucks. Are you like <laughs> you must be eating well, taking good care of yourselves. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Try what are you to. eating to keep these youthful looks? <laughs> Blue Apron, <laughs> yeah. sponsored by Blue Apron. <laughs> I still haven't done that free trial. By the way, should. I'll send you the, the code again. <laughs> but no, my my job besides being 30 years old is uh, I work at a software company downtown called Teletracking. We make software for hospitals to like expedite patient flow reduce wasteful spending and give more time back to nurses and other healthcare providers wow yeah that sounds so I've, wholesome i've been there for over eight years and it's that's like the wholesome yeah like the wholesome aspect is definitely like makes it easy to stay because we're our mission is cool hell yeah i appreciate I it i definitely get behind that but let's let's sidestep this Food. Food. <laughs> what the fuck are you eating? You both look great. <laughs> I mean, I I try to eat more like whole foods, you know, like fresh cooked stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, what are I, your lunch breaks like downtown? That varies. Like <laughs> today before we, we came here, we uh, we had Forbes Tavern, which is like bar food. Okay. But yeah, I had a buffalo uh, chicken wrap. I've never yeah, been to I'm Forbes Tavern. Crazy. Is that it's, downtown? Yeah. On Forbes? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Go figure. <laughs> you know. I think it's new. It's pretty oh, new. It's, okay. it's fairly new. Like yeah. a, less than two years old, I want to say. Yeah. But uh, when I'm not like picking at stuff downtown and like trying to save that for dinner, yeah, I like I like to cook at home a lot. Hell yeah. My partner, Blue Apron. Really, yeah. Hell Blue yeah. Apron, it makes it makes cooking easier because you just have like half of the, your groceries for the week delivered. Yeah. And then you just get you know eggs and veggies and whatever for el- for other stuff. Well, uh, I'm not trying to make this like a Coke or Pepsi thing, but I'm a green chef person myself. Oh, is that a different box? Yeah. But mm. that's not like HelloFresh or... It's owned by HelloFresh. Oh, okay. Uh, they yeah. have... They're competing with themselves. Yeah. Is there like a, a special... It's all like deal? special diet stuff. We do the vegan one. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool. It's tight. I've been... We've been picking a lot of the vegetarian, vegan. Like I, I, I haven't professed to be vegetarian or vegan, but like me and my partner we go out of our way to like try to include that yeah we can't like i think the the last remaining blue apron in my fridge right now is beyond burgers cool and we we had them last week too and uh it's good i just appreciate having that those fun ingredients and yeah i have like a big really big stack of like recipe cards yeah we, uh, we keep all of ours as well there's in the cupboard yeah <laughs> um we're not vegan either but i just like cooking and trying to eat as much as I can at that. Like learn a lot more about cooking, making that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Than you do other things. Yeah. At least for me. You cook a lot at home, Brian? Uh I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I do eat pretty regimented, uh like three meals a day. So like, you know, breakfast will be you like sound a, like somebody that a, makes maps for Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more, yeah. My morning is just a bowl of cereal usually Honey Nut Cheerios or something. Hell yeah. Um, that sweet little bee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweet little bee. <laughs> You're going to think about that every fucking time I you pour it. Pour yes. a sweet little bee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
And then um, usually, you know, with lunch, um, oh, yeah. we have a catered lunch every day, and it's um, I'm jealous but they have like that. a salad bar, oh, really? or like you okay. know, like fruits and stuff. Is it so. like from different places? Uh, or is it like this, a company, the same yeah, company? Yeah, same okay. company every day. Um, it's usually, it like, yeah, common plea. I was going to ask if it was common plea. Yeah. Usually it's solid. Um, I'd make sure to, you know, throw a salad on my plate every day with the entree. Um, Yo, I love salads. Me too. I've been like me really too. getting into salads recently. <laughs> like super heavy in they're the salads. Vers- they're versatile, man. Yeah, they're I mean super like, versatile. yeah, I like uh, the, the fun salads that don't have like hardly any greens in them. Like mm. A bunch of fruits or like vegetables, okay. like mm. a, a glaze dressing, something like that. Yeah. My girlfriend's mom, we just went over to her parents' house for dinner this past weekend. And uh, the salad that she made for everyone, it had like little, uh, the smallest chopped apples I've ever seen. <laughs> like oh, yeah. Little, little tiny, like, I, I don't know if anyone can see how big that, but <laughs> yeah, very small yeah. apples. Apples and in stuff. a salad are so fire. And, you know, toasted walnuts and stuff. And I was mm. just like, this is the kind of salad I want every day. Like, I'm, I don't know if either <laughs> of you are coleslaw people. Have you ever I, had a coleslaw with apple in it? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. Can't recall, but I mean, that sounds to, great. Yeah. That's good Crunchy, stuff. sweet. <laughs> That's fucking good stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude so uh, I guess you are a coleslaw guy. Yeah, I like coleslaw. Do, do you prefer like the mayo or the vinegar? Either. Hmm. I've had the mix, hmm. too. And I, I like that too. Yeah, but I like the mix. Yeah. That's one of those divisive foods where it's like it depends on what it is. Like, it, let's say if I'm getting a if I'm getting a permani sandwich, I'm happy that it is the way it is because right. there's already other stuff on it. It's less messy. But if I'm just getting like a side of slaw, I kind of think I want like you. I, I want that. I want a little bit more body. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But Absolutely. to wrap up this conversation on food. <laughs> And to get back into the band, but to marry these two co- topics uh-huh. beautifully uh-huh. after a gig, is there a spot where Frame of Mano likes to go, crush some food, and celebrate your rocking out together? <laughs> I don't think we've done that. We did that in Toronto. We went to A and W, and Mark ate like two meals. I did too. So A and W in Canada has the Beyond Burger. Yeah, oh, wow. they had that before even uh, like uh, Del Taco or any of those places, yeah. Carl's Jr. But so we, we went to a bar because we had a show in Toronto. Then we went to our, our Airbnb and then we went to this bar. And then like 2 a.m. we went to the A&W next like door. 24-7 a.m. I got a Beyond yeah. Burger. I sit down and eat it. And the rest of the guys come in eventually. And I was like, I like this so much. I'm going to go get another one. So I did. I just got another burger and sat down and ate. Hell yeah. It was awesome. The power of adulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also the power of those strong drinks we had in yes, Toronto. Yes, the drinks in Toronto. And the legal weed. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. We went to this dispensary too. It was in like a, a bakery. Just like on top of a coffee oh, yeah. shop. Bakery. A bakery. Yeah. They yeah. definitely had baked goods. <laughs> they, had a, they had a bouncer in the bakery. Yeah, you go upstairs <laughs> to go to the, the dispensary. She knew too. We went inside <laughs> and she was like, let me see your ideas. Come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so funny. And then in the dispensary itself, it's like no cell phones. And then our bassist, Brad, Brad picks up the phone because the band we were on tour with like called him and they're like, he was like, what do you want? What do you want? And he's like standing at the counter and these having a conversation. People come over like the workers and they're like, what the hell are you doing? The dude was like, Look yo, man, you need to put that phone away right now. And he was like, oh, oh, my God. I'm so he hangs sorry. up on, on uh, he the guys. In the you know, he's well-meaning, but like, yeah, he's yeah. not 
you know. He was feeling absent-minded even before he bought the weeds. You know, that's just who he is. <laughs> He's bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can tie that into the band, though, food. Uh, so, Brad, he's been working at a couple different catering places, right? Or at least one. Yeah, he's working at Sausalito right now. Yeah, so sometimes we'll go over and he'll have, like, extra food or he'll just feel like cooking and he'll make food for us. So that's cool. Yeah, like, we'll do dinners before practice a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's very wholesome. Yeah. Like, that is super wholesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we try to make it, like, a once a month thing. Oh, wow. No. I never realized. He's like the mama bird. We <laughs> call him Bird. Apparently, that's his nickname. Yeah. Since before well, it's I knew evolved. Him. So in high school, we all called him Braddo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bradley Osborne, like, combined his Brad-o. first name and like Karen O. Yeah, Karen yeah. O. Yeah. Shout then, outs to Karen O. Yeah. <laughs> what an angel. We covered, uh, covered yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, actually. We, we covered a maps. We covered <laughs> maps. Oh, maps by oh by hell the, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, his, his name evolved into Birdo in college. Someone just, you know, made the connection. Brad. Yeah, Braddo, Birdo. And then got shortened to Bird eventually. So now he's he's Bird. And yeah. he'll never not be Bird. <laughs> so. He's the mama bird that mama feeds bird. us. <laughs> I love the natural evolution of nicknames like that. Uh-huh. That's always so fun. <laughs> like whenever somebody gets a nickname they didn't necessarily want and nobody asked for it. It's just through the course of time they became <laughs> mutates yeah. Right, yeah yeah so with you know being in toronto in the middle of the night eating burgers <laughs> drinking doing the thing playing shows mm-hmm. you play out of town a lot um mm, i mean we're trying since to we, a little bit since i joined we've had what like six or seven shows maybe total yeah we played in erie that was our first show back. That was last like Christmas time. We did a Christmas show in Erie. Um, so we've also played in Buffalo and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our other shows have been in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, we played but, at Smiling Moose, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, before Connor joined, when we were four piece, we toured a little more. We our first run was like an East Coast thing, where we went from like Buffalo, Philly, all the way down to like. North Carolina did a few shows cool. like Wilmington, Raleigh, Virginia Beach, and then made our way back up. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it, it makes sense because obviously you've been in like this transitional period trying to get things together. And probably the worst idea is to tour when you're a band that has like material that doesn't reflect what you're currently doing and to not have anything yeah. new to give to people. Like there's yeah. no point in that. We um we did like a limited cassette run of our EP when we... um we were kind of like in our rebound stage, like before the record, you know, like up until now, that's about all we've had to promote, which isn't much. Cause we didn't really give much of a promotional push to the EP. Yeah. But, um, I'm glad that's changing and, and people yeah. are going to be able to, you know, listen to our new album and learn it and hopefully, you know, connect with it and, yeah, we'll be which, playing more shows for sure. Definitely, which people can listen to the album now. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming, you know, on all of the, the all the streaming platforms. All the places where people can hear albums. They can pick up a, a beautiful purple vinyl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you want to show one? them? Sure. Oh, there it is. So this It's is. a record. <laughs> the, these gentlemen <laughs> got their record pressed. So let's talk a little bit about this. Yeah. The physical format. Was this a... Uh, independent excursion here for yeah you guys? this was this yep. was all all self uh financed no label um with that so. uber money 
<laughs> we all we all pitched in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a ten track album, five songs each side. Um and the artwork is by our friend Brian Morgante. He's uh another Brian. Right, yeah. Uh, Make the world go round. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there killing it with uh flesh and bone. Oh, okay. He's done a bunch of artwork for like even bigger bands like Born of Osiris yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then the vinyl itself we had pressed by Musical out of Columbus. Yep, I know them. Uh, they did a really great job for a very fair price. So here's the, the purple. purple. Check yeah. it out. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's translucent. I can, you probably can't tell looking on the video. I could see through it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sort of... Limited though. We got we got we pressed three hundred and there's a hundred of these that are purple. The rest are black. Yep. Awesome. So um is this the first time either of you have had music put on vinyl that you've recorded? Yes. Uh, for me. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we did vinyl of are either of you big record guys or was I've this... been a record collector my whole life. Okay. <laughs> uh, I cool. get that from my my dad who had an obsession with records and this was when in the 90s you know when i came of age <laughs> um the record in like record industry had shifted to like cds yeah and he was out there at everyone's record sale or not records everyone's like garage sales buying like totes of records people were just like trying to get rid of them at that point yeah like, yeah, yeah here take all my 60s and 70s stuff and then you know half of it's like dinged up to hell it's all scratched and i love that though like yeah <laughs> like the scratched records could be a bummer but like i kind of like jackets that are a little fucked up so it like tells oh, a story yeah. i like just like imagine like you know like it being on the floor and like some like little kid fucking it up or <laughs> spilling a drink on it like there's just like yeah. a history behind it i love like whenever like i grab a used record and someone has their name written in marker on it mm -hmm. it's like that's such a weird idea can you believe there was a time <laughs> when people would just write their name on things that were theirs yeah they know how much it was going to be worth yeah God. especially yeah because um yeah ring wear i love seeing the ring wear on like an old you know 12 inch uh -huh. sleeve yeah. and just knowing that it like you know was on someone's shelf and I don't know. You so know. you're a record guy. Your dad, record guy. Oh, yeah. Did your dad do any music? No. Just but, a, um, an my, appreciator. Oh, yeah. He loved the Talking Heads and Rolling Stones and like tried to go to all these shows whenever he could. Yeah. Uh, but my mom was actually, uh, she was in a brass, is it quintet? Um, what did yeah. she play? She played cornet. So she oh, was in one in college, that's... and they toured a little bit. They played in, like, New York City. It was at St. Bonaventure University. Oh, cool. Allegheny, New York. Um, and that was, like, her thing in college. It was, like, the jazz band, um, the jazz or the brass quintet. And uh, I think she was actually her, one of her uh, – she was in a studio somewhere, got, you know, recorded, and that was pressed somewhere. I've seen it, but I don't know – I don't have a copy or anything. Okay. But I, I know it exists. My mom was – you know, on That's a vinyl in the 80s or yeah. something. She's even cooler to me now than yeah. she was when you told me about her earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and she loves Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, <laughs> I remember going to see them when I was like 10 years old. My dad got us like scalp tickets to see them in Cleveland. And like, it was like at the Jacobs Pavilion or whatever. And cool. Was, that was like, that show blew my mind. That was <laughs> rad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I have an uncle who did music in the 80s, just like new wave type stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had posted he had a copy of a record that he put out a 12 inch mm -hmm. and when i was visiting him he had a copy at his house and i remember i posted a picture of it on instagram 
And uh, I was just like, yo, check this out. You know, this is my, my uncle's old record from back in the day. Right and on. then a year and a half later, I get this DM from somebody on Instagram. Because, like, I hashtagged my uncle's name. Oh, wow. So they found my post through the hashtag. Yeah. And they were like, I just came across a copy of this record at an estate sale, and I can't find anything about it. <laughs> the only thing I've found was like this post that you made. Like, what do you know Whoa. about this? <laughs> and I was just like, that's, that's my uncle. How much money do you want for that record? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. An so, estate sale. Where was this? It was somewhere on the West Coast because really? he, oh, okay. he, he had been living in L.A. for a small time. Yeah. And he this, the place that he was uh, working at in L.A. It was like a record slash clothing store. Like if you uh. put like a like an FYE and a Spencer's together, but made it punk rock in the eighties. Oh damn. You know what I mean? Like that's a really bad description, but you know what I mean? Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Like they probably yeah. had like, yeah, there's probably, you could buy records there. You could probably buy lava lamp, lava lamp, dildos, whatever you want. I'm sure. Is that the, the same phrase? Lava lamp, dildo. Lava lamp, dildo. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> don't come to me asking for a good time. Um, so, <laughs> yeah anyways the the place that he was working at i guess they also had like a little like record label imprint so they were just doing like small private press like small runs of things like there's probably only like maybe a, i'd be surprised if there was more than like 150 or 200 copies of that thing hmm. and i guess you know maybe just some weird eccentric record collector on the west coast happened to have it That's because awesome. it was yeah they're probably all floating around in that area who knows maybe right. i could go to like amoeba and flip through the used bins and come across a couple copies i have no idea that'd be insane yeah. what was the was uh, what was the name of his band so it was just he was a solo artist okay tina, so that's why his name yeah uh, it was uh, a yeah. tina benet mm, tina. it was like a like drag queen new wave crazy stuff that is quite yeah. a mashup yeah yeah uh that would probably his, kill today his, his oh it's very topical his uh <laughs> he had a, he has a song that he it wasn't on that 12 inch which is really i really I'm mad about i wish that this song existed on vinyl but he had a song in the 90s called hitler's daughter oh <laughs> wow and uh yeah. it's just like yeah very <laughs> uh talking about you know how he slash she is hitler's daughter and like there's all these like this funny political commentary it's like very satire and just dancey like early 90s just <laughs> dance shit yeah <laughs> fucking psychopath but Wow. Yeah. On, on YouTube anywhere? Oh, Hitler's Daughter's definitely on YouTube. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, there's a, a time when you could, uh, I don't know. I don't think it would go over so well these days. Oh, no. no. Yeah. No. Can't, can't joke about anything. <laughs> well, you can. You I mean, can. It just depends on how you do it. It yeah. just depends on who's in the room. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Anyways. Those are people that have nothing to do with anything we're talking about. <laughs> True. But when we're talking about the subjects of like, you know, um, like social issues, political issues, things like that. How does that come into play, if at all, with your music and your songwriting? What do you typically like to write about? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what I would like to write about is a lot different than you than like what I have written about. Um like when when Brian showed me all the the demos and I was thinking like how am I going to approach this? What I did was looked through uh, like my notes app on my phone, the Google Keep app, and I was like 
because from time to time I would just, you know, get inspired by something and write down like a little poem or some lines and stuff like that. And that's how I built a bunch of the songs for the album. A lot of it was about like personal issues. Um, uh, um, like a, a relationship I was in in the past that ended poorly and it was, it was not just because of like weird relationship stuff. My, my partner at the time had like a massive brain injury and I don't want to get too into that, but, uh, that's what several of the songs on the album are about. Um, I feel like going forward, I'd kind of want to try to address social issues, you know, like political stuff, maybe, maybe not like on the nose directly, but, uh, Liam and I really like this band Somos and they, I don't think you would necessarily know from listening to them, but a lot of their songs are really political and I, I really like that about them. Like makes you think not just like, you know, this person bad, this thing good. It's like, you know, nuance. Yeah. A more nuance. Telling a story, yeah. putting you in the head of someone else. It's cool when you can engage with a piece of art and also learn something or get introduced to a, a world or just a part of society that you didn't realize existed. You know, like with me, I remember growing up listening to like Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down. And I'm like, these songs are awesome. They're very catchy. What are they talking about? I don't know what these things are. They're using catchy things to get me all hyper aware about, you know, drug reform. And, yeah. All the, right. Like all that kind of stuff. Like, what is this? And then you get a little bit older and you start to look into stuff or you find out about things through other channels. And you're like, oh, that's what they were talking yeah, yeah. about. It's so interesting. Oh, oh that was, one, the, yeah. the prison. I, I I didn't really listen to System of Down a lot uh, growing up, but I came back to that song and I was like, wow, why didn't I hear about this? Why weren't people talking about them like pretty blatantly saying like the U.S. is fucking everyone and yeah. drug mm-hmm. money and all that kind of stuff? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, yeah, I that, like that. Yeah, that I couldn't album, do that. That album came out <sighs> almost, that was 2000. Yeah. Ago, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That explains why I wasn't into it. I was like 11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was like 2000, 2001 maybe when that came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy how time flies. And it's getting even worse now because there's stuff that like, I, like albums that came out after I graduated high school that are getting really, really old. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, have you ever like stopped to think about how old like Postal Service Give Up is? I was yeah. listening to that earlier. Yeah, and I was like, this fucking that was album is like 17 years old. What the fuck? And I he's know. still doing stuff too. Like, <laughs> props to him. Yeah, Death Cab. But it's is like weird going. to think he's yeah. like 45 or whatever and still like it's, one guitar and a lot of complaining. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's that's like Weezer. I mean, they're like 50 oh, and they're, God. they're oh. perpetually adolescent, you know, uh-huh. yeah. state of mind. That's like, a really good way to put it. <laughs> perpetually adolescent (laughs) what was your take on their covers record um i've only listened to it through this podcast it was called what's with these homies talking about weezer um and they played like parts of the songs and i was like (laughs) this is just them like literally straight up doing like a karaoke version of the songs like yeah yeah. like the africa one yeah like it's well recorded and it sounds good yeah but it's like not adding anything to it which is what usually you try to look for in a cover like what are you adding to this like how do you make it they're not doing like weezer blue album versions of songs it's just them doing 
like the song. I can tell you this. My thought when I listened to it, I enjoyed it. But from the perspective of thinking about being in the band and how much fun it probably was to just be in the studio and record all that stuff and try to like listen Mm -hmm. to the song and think about like, how did they get that synthesizer sound and like messing around with stuff? And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, they're definitely it's probably like a good exercise and like hanging out and bonding wholesome. I I always say that about like being in a band, like if you join a band and you guys don't have a lot of experience playing together, something that really helps you like gel is like picking a cover and playing that because like everyone will know exactly how the song should go you can add your own spin to it if you want but it helps you like you know build a rapport musically it's cool yeah yeah that's true um but yeah back to the weezer thing i I know that they have a history of covering songs too like they've covered like tony braxton's unbreak my heart like 20 years ago and they also covered like paranoid android by radiohead and it's just like they go the whole spectrum and not a lot of it's been released but i know i've seen some like youtube stuff of them in their practice space so i think that's just like their thing they like to cover songs anyway and it's like i don't know so that's cool yeah i mean it must be awesome to like do that as a job (laughs) yeah have you guys ever thought about covering any songs well, we did cover that um, maps. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we played that one that. time. <laughs> Twenty minutes ago, we played that one time in one Buffalo. Time, yeah. uh, that was that was really fun. Yeah, because um, that like the, the yeah yeah yeah. It's like you know three piece, right? Yeah, and uh, we, we had five, people. five, so we had extra guitars and. Well, then yeah, stuff. it's like a two. There's two guitar parts on the recording and two, which right. You know, but then we also out. have bass too, and oh, it just yeah. sound it. It added that like post rock sound kind well, of yeah because there's a tremolo pick guitar like right. through the whole song and it's just like I'm just gonna put reverb yeah. on it like I normally do in half of our music anyway and like that's you know because we were like going down like the the rabbit hole with like because we were like we should cover a song for the show because oh, we have yeah. an interlude on the album we were playing the full album we had like a like a 45 minute set we, we were, almost like, how are we gonna fill this the whole everlong right we almost played yeah we almost played yeah, everlong we, at practice <laughs> we, we didn't make plans to to oh, actually yeah. play it out but i love that it's song. doable yeah yeah that, um, that happens a lot with <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. uh, i play in a metal band called gray walker and that right, happens yeah. a hot lot sauce band yes the hot <laughs> sauce band right. uh where they'll be playing at practice and someone will start playing a song and then they all mm-hmm. then like we'll see how far they can get into it it's it's funny uh sometimes they do they get pretty good at stuff we we yeah. came super duper close to covering uh jimmy world bleed american oh nice we never did it the only cover song we ever ended up recording was we did uh under a killing moon by thrice oh, oh nice. okay cool. um we actually recorded that and released it but uh that's Other awesome. than that, I don't know. We've talked like a thousand times about covering songs and just never. How does that go it. releasing a song that is a cover like that? Because like, I mean, you you just have to make it not paid or whatever. No, we we paid some money and got the proper licensing so we okay. could do it. It's not a whole lot of money. Yeah. Our drummer did the research and got everything taken care <laughs> of. It's not a ton of money. It's like 50 bucks or something. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And then since it's on like Spotify and stuff, and I think that the um the split just gets whatever to them for their mm-hmm. credits and then some of it goes to us for being the performers yeah. and the songwriters get their credits yeah mm-hmm. they get point zero zero one five cents and you get <laughs> that mm-hmm. <laughs> something yep. like that per stream <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> exactly we had my old band rotations had our uh our old ep i i was the one who put it on spotify and i 
I could have done better research. I didn't know. Because, you know, you have to go through like the third party kind of thing. I ended up paying, what, like 50 bucks for a year subscription of like hosting our EP. But, you know, through, you know, however many hundreds of plays we got, we got like $2, I think. Sure. For the like three years it was up. Well, I could tell you this. You don't know until you know. True. And it's really hard if you're coming up and you're trying to take bigger steps to do things like maybe put your album on Spotify. Maybe you know other bands, but they're not doing that shit yet. Who knows, you know? So if you don't have people around to ask or get tips from, mm-hmm. you just gotta, you have to make the mistakes and right. then you can pass the info on. Yeah, I right. think All the one stuff. we do now is like 10 bucks a year or something like that. Um, is it, what is it called? I'm trying to think. Well, you pay a flat fee. It was like, Forty nine, ninety nine. It's CD baby, so it's oh, like right, whatever right. their fee to you know upload it. Yeah, and then they take like nine to twelve percent. Yeah, every year, and it's like that equals out to being yeah. Enjoy you know, that like forty cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that's the thing. Like even a few years ago, all that stuff was new, like streaming. Like um, we used DistroKid, and that was how we put the EP up. Yeah. And they're pretty transparent and also they don't take any money, but also um I don't know, they don't have as they don't have a publishing branch or anything and you can't like use it to like um through CD Baby which we're using now um for this album. We're all signed up through like ASCAP. Yeah. So we're all licensed and um we have I publishing yeah. i never got that email or that like thing in the mail that's weird yeah you know, huh. get like a membership card i think yeah it's it's probably coming eventually <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was some paperwork and stuff to do that through cd baby but it's all through cd baby you don't have to like yeah. do it yourself because like if you're just if you were if we were to go the distro kid route we would have had to go through a separate publisher and then a separate separate like um performing rights organization and uh, but with you know CD Baby, they made it easy. It was like all in one. This isn't an ad for CD Baby. I swear, this is just like <laughs> no, my experience. It's, it's cool. I didn't I didn't know that CD Baby offered that service. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah. something that's good to know and good for people to hear. Totally. Yeah. yeah ironically, we didn't get CDs from them. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're offering. Uh, yeah, they keep sending like us emails. Ad. Yeah, oh yeah. I turned oh, off yeah. the notifications. So oh yeah, they got those all those uh. Those fucking machines just sitting in the warehouse, probably collecting dust. <laughs> Nobody wants CDs. They're giving anymore. them away. Yeah. Oh my god! It would be I'm, like the one thing that I think CDs might still be useful for, and this is just based on my experience. Was I was DJing at a college radio station? My college, we had a radio station, and I was doing like a, a radio show with my friend Galen. And we did this was in like 2009, and we were super into like metalcore bands like august Burns red and stuff so it was yeah. like a two-hour block of just like metalcore <laughs> and and the big Sounds thing tight. that it was awesome yeah and um there was just like a cd library there and they had like a, a big cd thing like cds were like that was like how the radio station i felt like functioned mm-hmm. like was it was all they based like around a, cds a track loader well yeah probably even more than <laughs> six whoa um whoa but I think if that's still the case, like CDs might be useful to send to like college radio stations. I don't really know. Yeah, it's a small thing. Like you don't like sending that record because it's a lot more how, fragile. Yeah. How are they going to play a record on the radio? Too? Yeah. It's not 1975. Yeah. It's- I think that with CDs, it's really interesting because with Greywalker, we sell a lot of CDs. Oh, yeah. But 
we play a lot of metal shows. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of metal shows where there's people there that are between 35 and 45 years old. And they don't use uh, They have not given up their CDs. Okay. It's Much a nice like memento. your dad didn't want to give up the records. Right. It's yeah. the next it's the next evolution. So there's still a lot of people coming out to those shows that are buying CDs and since we're playing shows in front of older crowds, mm-hmm. we're selling them. And That's I don't great. know like what like demographic you're typically playing in front of, if it's like a younger crowd, older crowd, or if it's somewhere in the middle, but it might not be a crowd that is comes from like an era where like CDs were the shit. Right. Definitely people like my friends who are my age would be more likely to buy them, but I guess they all probably have Spotify too and they don't really need to. It's just like a, mm. a memento kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a souvenir from the show. Like That's why, you know, like, we made cassettes and I was, you know, so resistant to the ideas of like a cassette comeback because honestly, like do, do people like listen to cassettes? Now. Yeah. But it's like, I've read some stuff and I've also thought about it and it's like, you know, if you, if you go to a show and you see a band you like and you just want to support them and they have cassettes and, you know, cassettes are so small, you can just throw it in your pocket and they're cheap. And like, we didn't pay that much for cassettes and mm-hmm. like, it, it it eventually made sense to do like a limited run of cassettes just based on that. But like, you know, for like the actual listening, I don't know if anyone's going to ever listen to the cassette, but it's like a cool collector's item. That's really it. I don't know. I, I've put out, <laughs> I've put out three, three or four projects on cassette and I've never listened to one of them <laughs> on cassette. I just don't have a tape player. Yeah. Like if cassettes had been like, 10 years earlier than they tried to revive them. I would have had like my old Buick Skylark that had oh, the yeah. tape deck. It's a, yeah. it's a shame though, because actually cassettes sound fucking great. If you have a good home stereo, mm. it's a killer format in terms of sound quality. It's fucking excellent, but they're just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a nightmare to deal with. Got to rewind it. Yeah. No. Man, a, there's a lot of mechanical things that can go wrong and fuck up Yeah, with cassettes. Right, so right. It's not very practical. In the digital age. Mm -hmm. But boy, does it sound good (laughs) when it's working. Right. I guess that's like anything, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It works when it's working. (laughs) It's good when it's working. So speaking of working, playing shows, gigging out, you got anything coming up that you want to tell the people about? October 1st. Yeah. yeah, We have a Howler show coming up with the standby. Yep. Our friends from Erie. Right, right. It's their first show on a leg tour it's like after their release right yeah because their their ep comes out the six it will be out now Ten so, six. Yeah. okay or nine, no six. nine six yeah yep. okay <laughs> <laughs> they've been hyping it up for so long i figured it was out by now but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think that do we have a thing in november um yeah, it's to be announced though. So oh right, right, kind of top secret. <laughs> top secret. <laughs> It'll be cool though. I'm excited about it. And if people want to check your stuff out, where can they find you? We are all over the yeah, internet. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. I guess we have a Twitter. Do we have? Yeah, a Twitter? we do. Yeah, I don't. We're, I'm not on the Twitter. We're on it. <laughs> Every on band it. has a Twitter. <laughs> I use my old band's Twitter as my Twitter because I don't want to make one for myself. That's like one of yeah. my the few like new age things that I'm like not, not super into. It just seems like a lot yeah. of work to like re like re up on the followers and people you're following and stuff. Yeah, I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah, we we have Twitter. We have yeah, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> now we we tweet you know enough. 
regularly. Um, uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, the album's, the album's there, on and, Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah. Is it on the title? Oh, yeah. It's on title. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I guess you're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's everywhere. Yeah. Amazon, Google. Um, Zune. Yeah. Not Zune. Sorry. Sorry, Zune users. And if, <laughs> if people want to pick up a physical copy, are you able to be selling that online or is that like a shows thing? Yeah, it's we both, have. Yeah. Yep, we have vinyl on Bandcamp right yeah. now. Um, it's there and it looks sweet and I'm excited about it. <laughs> it sounds awesome too. You should buy it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> give, 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 the, give, give these wholesome motherfuckers your money. <laughs> putting out a record is expensive and it takes it a lot is. of time to write a record. And it <laughs> seems like from what I heard, you put a lot of effort into writing these songs, recording them, doing the good work. You even got a nice music video that we didn't talk about. We had a couple, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. We had the one music video that we shot in Erie. I saw with one. Alex there saw one that was in the EPK that you sent me. Yeah, that right. was our empty video. Yeah, that's um, for the first single. Yeah, and we had a second single, and we also had a third single came out the week before the album. Yep, Mind which, Clouds. for Mind Clouds. Yeah, it's yep. like a trippy. It's it's uh it's more like a screensaver looking kind of thing, but it's just fun <laughs> to look at. And, and it's, it's a short yeah. song, so it's like cool. It's got know. drone footage. Yeah, like he it's super he dope. shot it on his <laughs> drone. This guy Dustin, right? Yeah. And uh then he like did like a VHS layer filter and then it's kinda like warpy. Like psychedelic, like yeah. Yeah, like some animal collective videos I've seen. I was not expecting anything like it, and then I saw it, and I was yeah, like, "Yeah, it, it was pretty cool insane. for like right before the album came <laughs> yeah. out." Yeah, awesome. Is that stuff on YouTube? Yes, yes, yeah. Frame and mantle YouTube. Yeah, well, I guess we're on that too. Yeah, hell yeah. Like and subscribe. <laughs> wow, wow. I just wanted an excuse to say like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. <laughs> It's like I, I that's probably one thing that I should be doing. And I'm actually like I've been like I stop myself from playing every every episode being like, the hey, you know, the Internet's rough. <laughs> if you could like and subscribe and share this with your friends, it would really help boost things in the algorithm. It's very true, but I just yeah. don't want to be the fucking dude to say that. But you just kind of did. <laughs> it's subliminal. <laughs> They don't got to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? I, you know, wish you all best of luck with this release. I hope you get to take it out on the road. It sounds really good. For sure. And, yeah. you know, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, boys. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> You're very welcome, We're Brian. Making, making you proud. And Connor. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be about it. Cool. Sound no, good? Cool. Yeah. Tight. Right and that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time. Brian, Connor, Frame, Mantle. and Mantle. <laughs> Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> uh, yeah. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming by. I'll Thanks be back me. again next week, maybe, or in a couple days. It depends. I don't know. I release episodes like every three days now. So I'll just say in a few days. Uh, yeah. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening. And that's slow fade. We're done. <laughs> nice. Cool. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That was super cool. Yes. Never Great setup. I like this setup.